Greetings, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Communication Guru Podcast, where we believe that it's not always what you say, but how you say it that matters. I'm your host, Tim McMurtry, President and CEO of Tim McMurtry International, a business consultancy specializing in personal development and training, government and public affairs, along with corporate and community relations. I'm delighted to have you join us today. And I thank you for your listenership and viewership of this show. Our aim on this platform is to discuss nuances and insights associated with communication continuum and to help you maximize the impact and results of effective communication within your own spheres of influence, be it your family, your relationships, workplace, your business, etc. We're here to help you to become a top notch communicator. So, Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified when new episodes are released and available for public consumption. Again, that is The Communication Guru Podcast. Well, the global COVID-19 pandemic served as a major disruptor to just about every sector and area of life relative to how we normally would do things. From the health and safety lockdown protocols to limited capacity gatherings to the exponential explosion in virtual communication methods and interpersonal engagement to the wearing of masks and everything in between, the pandemic shot us all for a collective loop. Another byproduct, though, of the pandemic was the forced introspection we were all forced to undergo Due to the fact that for long stretches of time, we couldn't really do anything else but hang out with the family, which is, you know, not that bad of a thing for some and some it might have been challenging uh, and sitting with yourself. You know, sometimes, you know, the daily grind or variation of activities helps us to really focus outwardly. And so we don't have to take the time to look at ourselves. And now I don't mind looking at myself because, you know. Outwardly and inwardly, I think I'm a pretty handsome fella. Outwardly, inwardly, I enjoy me. So, wasn't that big of a deal. Nevertheless, being able to reflect on what is most essential is very, very important. And for many, that forced introspection helped to change the trajectory of their lives as many came to evaluate and identify what's most important and essential to and in one's personal life. So basically, the question really boiled down to what is my purpose? And if you ask 10 people walking down the street, just random folks, hey, you know, what what is your purpose? You'd be surprised that the vast majority of them probably wouldn't be able to answer that. Now, that's pre-COVID. Now, since COVID has happened, it's helped everybody to get a clearer idea of what am I supposed to be doing? In this life, you know, on your tombstone, you have the day you were born then the day that you died. And then that little dash in between those two dates is what you were doing while you were here living. And that's very, very important. So given that, that, my friends, brings us to the topic of the episode today. Today, we'll be exploring seven keys to identifying your purpose. Seven keys to identifying your purpose. You know, now, while this list of keys is by no means exhaustive, there are other 
things that you can also use to measure and help you evaluate, you know, what your purpose may be. I think these provide enough revelatory muscle to help you discover what you were really put on this earth to do. And as you discover that and engage in that, you have a life that is most enjoyable. Won't necessarily be perfect. Won't, doesn't mean you won't have challenges. But when you have a personal conviction that what you are doing is what you were born, designed, and created to do, it gives you extra fuel to move forward in whatever it is you find yourself you know, doing. So let's dive into this. Key number one to the identification of your purpose is identify what you like to do. What do you like to do? That gives you some indication of what the purpose is. Now, that alone might not be able to give you the full revelation of your purpose, but it does put you on kind of at least the pathway of exploration. So if you are a person that, you know, doesn't really like interacting with people, then maybe your purpose isn't necessarily a front facing type of thing. But maybe it's a behind the scenes situation where you can be alone by yourself in a closed off compartment or room or area where all you have to do is either work with a computer or some other piece of, you know, technological uh, device or something like that. But you're not engaging, you know, people. Uh, Flip side is if you do like engaging with people, perhaps your purpose has something to do with with others and being in some sort of regular contact engagement with people, either directly where you're talking to them, engaging with them, uh, interacting with them or indirectly where you are doing some things, let's say marketing that affects people. So identify what it is that, you know, you like to do. Now, the next key is uh, identifying what you're good at. Now, this can also help you define what you like to do as well, because maybe you might like to do something, but you're not very good at it. Now, there's a scripture in, in the Bible that talks about, you know, King David, I think it's Psalm 78 and 72. And it was saying that, you know, he led them with the integrity of his heart and the skillfulness of his hands. And what that really was saying was David had to walk in a certain level of integrity and dignity and ethics as a leader of people. But that alone wasn't enough. He also had to be skillful. Like, have you ever gone to, you know, something where the individual was a, you know, creative arts are excellent examples of this. You might have gone to a show or let's say you went to go see a comedian and you're at the comedy show. You came a night out, maybe date night or you're just kicking it with some friends. And the person on the stage just wasn't funny at all. Now, they could be a person. I like to make jokes. <laughs> I like to make jokes. But if your jokes are corny and you're not good, then that might not necessarily be your purpose because these things, these keys work in tandem one with another. While you might not necessarily have all of them in spades, you need to have a core group of them because they feed off one another and collectively they point you in the direction that you ought to be going as it relates to identification and living out 
of of your purpose. So identifying what you like to do is important because if you are in your purpose, you probably will be doing that for an extended period of time because that's what you were born to do. You know, you get uh, satisfaction from it. You get, you know, a high, if you will, from it. And it's something that you don't mind getting up every day to do. And when you go to bed, you don't go to bed dreading, tomorrow I got to do that again. So liking what you do is important. Next key, again, is identifying what you're good at because you want to be good at what you do because the feedback you receive, the impact that you have on others is something that you really, really will be able to get gratification from. Because when you are in your purpose and your purpose is bigger than just you, it benefits more than just you. That in and of itself is a gratification that you can't get any other way or from any other place. And being good at what you do helps you to be able to help others. If you go to the doctor, you don't want a doctor that don't know what he's doing. You go to the dentist, you don't want a dentist that don't know what he or she is doing. If you're going to be cleaning my teeth, know how to use that little pick thing to scrape off the plaque and all of that kind of stuff. Know what you're doing. That is how I can get satisfaction from what you do being in your purpose. If you don't know what you're doing, get to another purpose because that ain't working. Next, we have take note of what bothers you. It's another key that's often overlooked. If you are a person that doesn't like to see people being taken advantage of. If you are a person that has an empathetic heart to those who are less fortunate, if you are one that don't like to see injustice done anywhere, perhaps your purpose is intertwined with something having to do with bringing relief and justice to people. Okay? In a similar fashion, things that bring you super satisfaction and fulfillment Watching the joy on, let's say, young people's faces when they get new revelation. Maybe your purpose has to do with bringing said revelation to young people, young people oriented. All these are signs to you of how you can identify what your purpose, you know, is. I mean, for me, I remember when I was, you know, going to college. You know, going to college, my parents were, you know, working class. My dad worked in the factory. My mom worked at a major utility and cool people, you know, middle class. You know, we didn't want for anything. We weren't, you know, poor or anything, but, you know, we weren't, you know, super rich or nothing either. But everything, you know, was cool. We always had food to eat, you know, lights and stuff stayed on. And we, you know, we lived, we had, you know, aspirations and stuff and, you know, Drove nice cars and all that kind of stuff. So the, 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 the pathway was get good grades, stay in school, go to college and, and get a good job. That was kind of the, the pathway that, you know, people were, were really on. And for me, you know, I didn't really think about college from the standpoint of when I go to college, I'm going to get into a career, quote unquote, and this thing that I'm into will be what I do for the rest of my life. I'll be defined by this and this will be my contribution to the world. I wasn't thinking that far in, in, in high school. I was thinking about girls. <laughs> anyway, 
So I went to the guidance counselor at my particular high school and he was like, well, Tim, you know, have you thought about what you wanted to major in in college? And I, I hadn't. He said, well, you know, you're, you're good in science and math. So uh, maybe engineering, you know, it could be something that you could, you know, do. I said, OK, cool. I trusted him. You know, he was a cool guy. Had worked with him on some other things throughout my high school career. So, you know, we're going to do it. I think his name was Mr. Grassi. Shout out, Mr. Grassi. Um, so I, I majored in electrical engineering. Now, I didn't take any inventory on what I liked to do. Didn't take a whole lot of inventory of what I was good. I was good at math, good at science, but it wasn't necessarily a passion of mine to be doing a whole career out of. So I went away to college and, you know, was an electrical engineering major, you know, had bouts of success and non-success when I didn't apply myself because electrical engineering ain't no joke at all. When I wasn't applying myself, my grades reflected it. And then when I really put the work in, and I mean work, I'm talking about you finish class at three o'clock in the afternoon, take a little break, go to the library at, you know, four or five and don't leave that joint to like 10 o'clock at night because you're studying, putting together formulas and all of this kind of stuff. And it was. Ugh. So while I had the aptitude to be successful at it, if I really applied myself, I didn't have the attitude for it. It sucked. Basically, so after transferring from the school I was originally, you know, at Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia, it's an HBCU or historically black college university. Uh, shout out Hampton, the real HU. No offense, Howard, but Hampton is the real HU. Anyway, came back here and enrolled in, you know, UWM, which is University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, where I graduated from. Go Panthers. Shout out UWM. So my wife was, you know, just helping me to see some things. We're getting to how to identify purpose. She was like, she just asked me, we were having a conversation one day. She was like, hey, do you like engineering? I was like, man, nah, it sucks. And I hate it. She said, why are you still in that major? I said, well, because that's where I started in. Another key to identifying your purpose. If you started out in something and you found out this ain't it, it's okay to change your mind and do something else. You don't have to go into perpetuity doing something that brings you misery. Obviously, that ain't part of your purpose because purpose by God's design is designed to bring you a level of satisfaction with it. That is some of the fuel that helps you to keep going in it, to get better at it, to get better at your craft, etc., and to maximize impact for others. You ain't going to be trying to help other people if it sucked to be doing it yourself. You will be like, forget this and them. And that's not really what purpose is designed to do. Purpose is designed to amplify the life of others. And if what you are doing is not bringing you satisfaction and giving you fuel to keep going on, to want to keep going on, then, my friend, that might not be your ultimate purpose. Anyway, so she said, well, why don't you pick something else? And like I said before, I wasn't even really talking about or thinking about what I wanted to do as a major. So I certainly wasn't thinking about how can I change this? I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, hey, why don't you just do something real simple? Get a sheet of paper, put like a T on the paper. You draw a straight line down the middle of the paper and then across the top of it, you put on one side likes, the other side dislikes. And I was thinking, man, that ain't deep. That ain't nothing. What is that going to do? Gonna waste my time. She's like, no, just, just really try it. It's going to help you get clarity on who you are and what things are, you know, diggable for you <laughs> and what things ain't. And so I reluctantly went ahead and did it. And I said, can I put anything down on this paper? She was like, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about anything. She's like, yeah. I said, I, I like, you know, 85 degree days in the summertime going to Summerfest. 
She said, put that down. I said, I like cheeseburger with a chocolate malt with extra malt on there and a two-scoop turtle sundae with snicker chunks and stuff. She was like, put it down. I said, for real? She was like, yeah. Anything that you like included. Stuff you don't like. Shoveling, uh, 25 below degree weather, racism, whatever you don't like, put that down too. And after I did that exercise, you are, it was like, whoa. Now, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I didn't think it was going to make an impact. That thing helped change my life. It gave me crystal clear. She even said, she said, hey, look, you really like sports. Why don't you write down sports? If you, had, if you could do anything you want to do for the rest of your life, what would you want to do? And you can get paid to do it. I said, if I can get paid to do it. I would love to be a radio, a sports radio talk show host. You can talk about sports all day long and get paid, man. That's the heavens opening and angels and the sun and the light of God shining down on you because you are in paradise. I was like, shit, write that down. So I wrote that stuff down. So she said, tell you what, take a semester off because after I transferred, I was a non-traditional student now I took off some time you know after I first started college because you know life was happening and you know I think we had our first child at the time and all of this kind of stuff so she looked just kind of chilling I had re-enrolled you know to get back in to finish up my credits and go ahead and graduate she was like take a semester off and really kind of you know flush this out some and then what you can do is go look for a major that fits who you are as opposed to you trying to fit into a major, if you want to just go ahead and finish college. And I did. I wanted to go ahead and finish this personal, you know, thing. I had started something, and, you know, I was the competitor in me. I have to finish, you know, finish him. So I went, and uh, I wrote down, like, six or seven different careers. I was a people person. I like to do – because I went to a class, and they had this guy who was an engineer come through and give us, like, a, a show and tell. And he had this ball that looked like an artifact from a Star Wars movie. And it had these nuts and bolts on it. And he was like, yeah, what we do is we manufacture these and this, 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 and this. And I'm like, this is what engineers do? I'm not going to do this. So she said, because you are, you know, a, a, a talker, a people person and all this kind of stuff, look for some people person stuff that has to do with communication. So I didn't know that mass communications and communications were two different things. So I went, had like six or seven different uh, arenas that I had identified that, you know, included that seemed to fit, you know, who I am as a person that, okay, I think I can kind of rock this. That would be kind of cool to do. So I went to the school and I'm just giving you all this because these are ingredients to help you identify who you are and what you need to be doing, what your purpose is. So I went to the school. I talked to the people in mass communications and they were saying, well, hey, if you want to be a sports talk show host and all this kind of stuff, typically the path is you have to go to a smaller market and, you know, kind of get your feet wet there. and develop, you know, your skill sets and get experience and all that. And then you can go to a larger market. I said, well, I ain't really trying to do all that because I'm married. I got a family now. We ain't trying to be uprooting for all of that. It might not be worth that. Let me go check out the communications department. This was mass communications for television and radio. Then I went to the communications department and there was a sign on the bulletin board, sign on the door that said, hey, this is the dean of the school. Um, you know, don't go anywhere. I'll be back in 15 minutes. Just going to grab a bite for lunch. So I said, okay, I'll mull around here in the hallway for a minute till they get back. And I looked at the bulletin board, and the bulletin board said, 
careers pursued by recent communications graduates. And there were about 20 different careers listed, including all six of the ones that I had said, you know what? I could do this. And it was like, man, again, I was home. And just that internal uh, uh, connection was like, dude, this might be it. Short story shorter, went on to graduate with a degree in communications. The professors were great. All the classes were fun. I had essentially kind of found my tribe. And that was cool. And it was versatile enough to where, hey, Tim, you are a people person. You are a talker. You are a presenter. You know, you, there's a wide range of things, human resources, ministry, government. Um, and now you have all this virtual stuff, content creator, all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, a little sidebar, I've been into all of that, too. And so I know that my purpose was related to that. I like to talk and engage people. I'm good at it. You know what I'm saying? It brings me fulfillment. Those are check marks I can check off the list of, hey, bro, you are exploring and getting into your purpose. Now, once you get into that thing, and I got a few more keys I'm going to get to in just a second, you, 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 there are different levels. First, you have a core competency. You're competent at, okay, I kind of got, got the hang of this. I can kind of do this. Okay, this is cool. Then from competent, you get skilled. And that comes through repetition and repetition has to be done right. You got to do it right. For example, I was leaving a golf course one time and a guy was off to the side, you know, doing some chipping. That's where you hit the ball. And it goes up in the air a little bit. Then it falls on the ground. Then it rolls close to the hole. And he was doing a great job, you know, just magnificent. So I was walking past. I just finished my round. I was going back to my car. I got my golf clubs on my back. And I was just, you know, trying to you know, be friendly or whatever. So I said, ah, practice makes perfect, huh? You know, just trying, you know, greeting him or whatever with that. See him doing this thing. And he didn't even look up. He just kept chipping. And as soon as I said it, he said, uh-uh, perfect practice makes perfect. <laughs> How you like them apples? So as you are going from competent to skilled, skill is you're developing the right way to do this. And with repetition, you get better and more refined. After you get skilled, you then become an expert at that. Competent, then skilled, then expert. Expert means I can do this real, real good. Once you go beyond expert, you go into master. I'm a master at this, meaning that, hey, not many people can do this better than me. Okay, I can do this better than most. And once you get the mastery level, you then go to world class. World class means can't nobody in the world hardly rock this like I can. And that's if you are in your purpose, those are the levels that you want to grow to, not just for personal self-aggrandizement, but hey, the better at this I get, the more impact I can make in and on the lives of others. OK, so when I got the, you know, the, 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 the degree, I became, you know, this communicative, you know, kind of guy. And, 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 and my career 
worked in government as a chief of staff to uh, a city council president, uh, served as associate pastor of a church, was a youth pastor there first, engaging young people. And, you know, things just began kind of to click, you know, and I was in where I was supposed to be. And I've been developing skills in that. And even right now, <laughs> I got a podcast called the Communication Guru Podcast. Boy, how you like me now, 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 now. Moving on. Key number four. Okay. Pay attention to and embrace your inward witness. What I mean by that is all of us, we are spirits, we have a soul, and we live in a body. There's more to you than what's just on the outside. You got an inner essence. That inner essence is the presence of God, your creator, dwelling on the inside of you. It is your life source. Okay? When you go to a funeral for somebody that you knew, you look in that casket and that person, their physical body is still there. That's them in the casket, but they are not living anymore. Why? Because their spirit is gone. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27, that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. That means God flows in and through us, through our inward man. He speaks to us inwardly. So you got to be paying attention to what's going on inside of you. You got to be listening to what's going on and you want to preserve the vitality of your inward man. Why? Because you communicate with your creator, infinite intelligence through that. That's where he dwells on the inside of you. The divinity of man, we are created by God. We are created in his image and in his likeness. Okay. I don't care whether you're religious or not. You are living right now, and that thing that makes you live is a divine essence in you. And it gives you insight to what your purpose is. How does it know? It created you. That's how it know. So listen to it, because it's giving you hints as to what's cool and what, what ain't. So pay attention, you know, to that. You know, you be thinking, you know what? I really always, you know, thought that I should be, uh, you know what? I always had a feeling every time I see this, I just get a certain, yeah, those, those are, that's a tapping on the shoulder. That's a tap, 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 Key number five, take inventory and examine your life experiences thus far. Now, whatever your dreams, aspirations and desires are, they're not limited by what you've already experienced thus far or not. So if you haven't experienced being a millionaire yet, that don't mean you can't be one. You haven't experienced being a billionaire yet. That doesn't mean you can't be one. However, there are some things embedded in your experiences that can provide some insight into what your purpose is if you examine them close enough and begin to put two and two together. For example, I'll give you a couple of just excerpts from my life that led me to, you know, where I am today. Okay, I have Tim McMurtry International, 
um, the business consultancy specializing in personal development and training, uh, government and public affairs, and corporate and community relations. Part of that is due to my life experiences. People would ask me, hey, man, you know what you think about this? What you think about that? And I would give them life advice. I've had people, you know, close to me, siblings even say, you know, you ever thought about being a coach? I mean, this is years ago before life coaching and all that kind of stuff was the sexy thing to do. Okay, they would ask me that. So as I took inventory of man, most of my conversations got something to do with me giving some people some help on what they can do to improve their lives. And they take it and they've come back to me and say, hey, man, thank you for saying X, Y, Z. That helped me do this, that and the other. So personal development is part of my purpose. Okay, even in ministry, I was asked to be a youth pastor of a church, World Outreach Center, senior pastors, Irvin and Melvin Henderson. Shout out pastors Henderson and World Outreach. That was I was asked. And the reason why I I wasn't, you know, I didn't aspire per se to be a pastor. I was just living my life. But I knew talking with people, you know, personal development with people. And I asked them, what made y'all even think that? I said, when we were starting this church, we asked the Lord to send us who was supposed to be in different places. And you came up in our spirit. We saw how you, at the the previous church I was, you know, a a member of, Christian Faith Fellowship Church, Bishop uh, Daryl Hines, Pastor Pamela Hines. Shout out Christian Faith. Shout out Bishop and Pastor Pam, Bishop Hines and Pastor Pam. Um, I worked in the parking lot, you know, when I, you know, became a believer. You know, there was an appeal made. We had just moved into a new facility at that church. And, you know, Bishop was like, hey, we need some men to work the parking lot now. So we helped direct traffic. We had a bigger facility now. We want to make sure that, you know, traffic ingress and egress can be as smooth as possible. It's in and out of traffic or in and out of the parking lot. So I was working the parking lot and I did it with vigor because there was a scripture that said, hey, do everything you do is unto the Lord. And I think it was David that said, I would rather be a doorman in the house of the Lord than share the spoils with, you know, outside of it. Something like that. I'm just paraphrasing that piece. Um, and so I'm like, man, you know what? Let me go ahead and give some service. I'm a person that's willing to give of myself to help other people. And so I was out there doing stuff. You know, we built a team. We had guys. We had a down pad, a nice little system. And they said, hey, we recognize how you used to. Um, lead those guys in the parking lot. And it demonstrated that you have leadership capabilities. You were faithful out there all the time. And we just saw how they vibed you. And those were some characteristics that we were looking for in our youth pastor. You know what I'm saying? Past experiences helped to guide me to purpose. So in the ministry, when I was a little boy, my mother, was at a church, Greater West Side Church of God in Christ. Shout out to former Pastor Hines, Willie Hines, senior. Um, there was an evangelist that had come through, and the evangelist that came through, did you know, just blessed the people and all that kind of stuff. I remember I was about eight years old or so. I was walking down the hallway with my mother, and she greeted. It was a it was a it was a lady, and she greeted her. You know, hi, evangelist, so and so. You did a great job. You know, thank you so much. You know, you're. Ministry blessed us. That method you preached was da 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 And um, the lady said, oh, thank you so much. And then she looked over at me and said, hi, young man. And then she looked at my mother. She said, do you know you have a preacher here? Now, I thought at the time, she just saying that because you were in church. You know, you got your little preacher. It was, you know, you say stuff because that's what you're saying. But I am an associate pastor today, among other things. And it's not just... Uh, 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 the title that makes you that 
I've been in situations, you all, where I'm on a panel discussion talking about, let's say, workforce development. Nothing to do with faith-based stuff, nothing to do with church, nothing to do with religion. And after the presentation, people have come up to me and asked, um, are you a preacher? What? I'm like, well, why do you ask that? Just because, you know, when you were talking, you know, I felt this or you said this or it's like, whoa. Well, yeah, actually, I'm an associate pastor for church. What does that mean? That means my purpose was to be doing this. Matter of fact, when I decided to give my life to the Lord, I was at a church service that um, I wasn't going to go. By this time, I was older and got it was at college, you know, college sometimes, you know, <laughs> you know, hey, you're doing other stuff, you know, drinking, smoking weed, whatever. You know, so I, um, short story shorter, I went to the service because my mom personally asked me to go. And because by this time, I, you know, I wasn't, I was an adult now, you know, I ain't no little kid, I do what I want to do and what I want to do ain't. Involved in church And so She said Well you ought to go Are you coming to church tonight? Because I happened to be By her house This particular day And I was like Well I don't know It's 50-50 I didn't want to just tell her No I ain't coming Because I didn't want to get Bust in the face Even as a grown up Parents will still Knock you out And I didn't want to be Knocked out So I said I don't know It's a 50-50 chance Then she said Well you ought to go While you still got a chance now, my mom never was one to try and, you know, scare tactic you or bully pool pitch you or nothing like that. But when she said that something hit me on the inside, like, wait a minute, man, there might be something behind that. I need to go. I'm going. So that night that I went, purpose is what I'm talking about. Checking out your life experiences to help get clues for what your purpose is supposed to be is what I'm talking about right here. So follow me. So I'm in the church. I was going to go and leave as soon as I can. I was just going to go and show face. And, you know, if she asked me later on if I saw her again, well, did you go to church that night? I said, yeah, you know, Brother Dave saw me, you know. So I was sitting in, I don't know, close up front. Like, man, this is too close. I'm like in the fourth row. And people were all around and. I'm like, dude, I, I, it's going to be hard to escape. I'm in the middle. I've tried to sit on the end, and they wouldn't let you sit on the end. You had to come in. They had the back rows roped off. So as people came in, they would let the ropes down. So I was forced to be in the hot seat almost. So I'm sitting there, and the service was going on, and the pastor came out, you all. And after all of the opening you know, songs and all the opening things that were going on, there was this, there was some stuff going on. You know, you can know when the spirit is moving and, you know, he had unloosened his necktie and it just was, it was, it was popping up in there. And he said, all right, everybody can sit down now. And I'm thinking, man, as soon as I get a chance, I'm getting up out of here. And like no sooner than I had that thought, he says, Tim, stand up. <sighs> what? First of all, I don't want to be here right now. Second of all, I got a pack of cigarettes in my pocket. Third of all, I got a couple of joints in the cigarette pack. I'm about to go out with this lady and get high and do He said, Tim, stand up. Then he said, I say this to you by permission of the Holy Ghost. I'm like, okay, what you about to say that you need to get 
permission from the Holy Ghost. It's like, he said, there's ministry and evangelism locked up in your bowels. And God says, I'm waiting on you, but I won't wait long. I promise to use you, but I won't wait long. And then he went on to say some other stuff. Just read my mail, y'all. I mean, stuff that I know he didn't know nothing about me with that. So it had to be God telling him that stuff about me spiritually. And what that did for me was it gave me a conviction that, hey, man, I need to get with God. Because I had said previous to this service, you know, over the course of some years, well, if I'm going to be walking with God as being a faith person, a person of faith and getting saved and all that stuff, God going to have to call me by my social security number and show some ID. And this is what God was doing. Like, okay, sir, I know that's, that's what it takes to convince you. Bam. Anyway, short story short, but going back to the lady, the lady had said when I was a little kid, you know, you got a little preacher. So now here I am as an adult, you know, some almost 20 years later having the same people. What I'm saying is your purpose is your purpose. You were created for something that ain't changing just because you ain't quite discovered it yet or you haven't embraced it yet or you haven't, you know, uh, been pursuing it. That is still your purpose. You can be doing stuff. You can be making a living. You can be doing other things and not be in purpose. Something is missing there, though. You ain't going to have the ultimate fulfillment doing stuff that ain't your purpose that you would have. You would identify and walk in your purpose. So get to walking in it. Again, brief little recap. Number one, key number one is identify what you like to do. Key number two is identify what you're good at. Key number three. Uh, take note of what bothers you or brings you super fulfillment. Key number four, pay attention and embrace your inward witness. Key number five, take inventory and examine your life experiences thus far. Look for patterns of intersectionality, connectedness, patterns, tendencies, things that you always end up finding yourself doing. Now, I'm not talking about negative patterns or destructive types of things. I always end up being in, you know, messed up relationships. I ain't talking about that, but you can't examine. Why is that? What are some patterns that you have been embracing that leads to destruction? Understand that that ain't your ultimate purpose because purpose ain't to destroy you. It's to maximize you so that you can maximize your impact to others. So if you keep coming back to something that ends up bringing misery to your life, guess what? That ain't the purpose for you. Last two, keys numbers numbers six and seven. Be sensitive to divine clues, those prophetic words. That wasn't the only prophecy that I had related to that. I've had three or four different prophecies over the span of about 20 years, all related to that kind of a thing. Those are reminders that, bro, you got a purpose, man. And I am thankfully walking in said purpose. Associate pastor. Business owner, working in public relations, impacting people, doing some coaching, you know, purpose. Number seven, identify is there a way to monetize or get compensation for it? There was a guy who did a study, Robert Clinton, I believe his name is, and he tracked individuals. For this particular study, he looked at, uh, Bible college students, those that were looking to go into the ministry. And after like a certain period of time, I don't know, 20, 30 year time period, wherever long, however long the study, you know, lasted, 
He said that only only 20 percent of them were in what he called convergence. Convergence is you doing what you like to do, you getting a satisfaction and fulfillment from doing that. And three, you getting paid to do it. That's convergence. Only 20 percent of the people. That were in full time ministry were walking in convergence. What does that mean? That means it's very, very important for you to take into account and notice of every element of who you are as a person. And when you are identifying your purpose, every bit of that can be brought to the table and utilized in some shape, form or fashion. It's almost like a sponge that you have that's really wet and you're washing counters or washing the floor or something, scrubbing off step, whatever you using the sponge for. And you are. Once you get it filled with water, you put it in, the, in you dump it in the, the water bucket and you pick it back up and you squeeze it out. Purpose is designed to squeeze out all of you into that. Why? It's to maximize the impact, the different skills, the different experiences, the different things you've been able to uh, grow in, master. Uh, become world class in the experiences, the lessons that you've learned uh, through your journey. All that is all that is to be brought to bear in you exercising and living out your purpose. Why? For your ultimate growth and maximization, as well as the amplified maximization of those with whom you have impact on. So as a recap. Seven keys to identifying your purpose. Key number one, identify what you like to do. Key number two, identify what you're good at. Key number three, take note of what bothers you and or brings you super fulfillment and satisfaction. Key number four, pay attention to and embrace the inward witness. What is your inside telling you, your gut, your instincts? That's God speaking to you. Number five. Key number five, take inventory and examine your life experiences thus far. Don't be limited in what your purpose is by what you've experienced thus far, because you might not have experienced your ultimate purpose thus far. But you can extract clues from what you've experienced thus far to give you insight into what your ultimate purpose is. Number six, be sensitive to divine clues. And number seven, identify a way to monetize or get compensated for that which you do. Now, you can do some things that, you know, you might like, let's say gardening that brings you satisfaction or what have you that you don't get compensated for aside from the satisfaction of doing that. But is that your ultimate purpose or is that just something that you really, really enjoy doing? Okay, only you can answer. I mean, you can answer that. Well, my friends, I hope you found this episode helpful to you. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm going to wrap it up here. Remember to like, share and subscribe to the Communication Guru podcast. The Communication Guru Podcast. One more time. The Communication Guru Podcast. Uh, wherever podcasts are found. Also be on the lookout for Morning Temperations, which are my is a, a, a vlog of mine, which are inspirational words of encouragement to help you get through your day, some wind behind your sails, giving you an attaboy, an girl to help you to keep going. And then finally, if you have a communications issue, that you may need some assistance with, you know, be it personal, organizational, relational, or business, uh, and would like a free 15 to 30 minute consultation or discovery call, feel free to DM me, Tim McMurtry, on LinkedIn or Facebook, or you can uh, DM me at Mr. Tempspiration 
on Instagram uh, with a brief description of what your situation is. And we can look to see if we can schedule a time to uh, discover that and, you know, see if there's some things I can do to help you out with that. Well, that does it for today. Thanks so much for listening in and your viewership. I appreciate you. Uh, continue to identify and walk in that purpose of yours. And until next time, blessing and increase to you. Bye, y'all.